what's going on everyone welcome back to the bearded ear podcast uh we got a treat for you today uh it's the first episode with a guest to be on the show uh today we have josh bell he's a co-worker of mine and uh yeah i'll let him introduce himself all right hello everybody uh josh bell huge wvu fan sports fan in general any kind of sports on tv i'm usually watching it all right sounds good i'm glad to have you on with me josh uh it might be a little more manageable for people to listen to today now if they don't just have to listen to me ramble on about random mountaineer sports stuff so uh we'll just jump right into it um people have started to see my opinion on the basketball team uh so right now kind of just give me your opinion on where you think the wvu basketball team is up to the florida game and kind of just tell me what your how you feel about how they've looked so far and just an overall grade on where they're at so far i uh came into this season uh like most expecting uh great things and at the beginning of the year uh we went out there played that bad boy mowers tournament and uh we look good not great i think this team is still growing and still learning how to play without oscar but i do think i think we will be better in the long run without him yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I'm, I'm in the same boat with you <laughs> and and all, all Mountaineer fans, I'm sure, uh, came into this season thinking Final Four or bust. And whenever the personnel changes, injuries, all that comes, everyone had to readjust their sights. And realistically, uh, the team looks better since the departures, uh, minus uh, Isaiah Cottrell, I think he would be definitely an X factor in all of this. But up until the Florida game, you know, I think it's just a, a feel up, uh, feeling it out type of thing to where finding their true identity now. And I think we're starting to see glimpses of that. Then you come into Saturday. Uh, we're ranked 11th in the country. Uh, every game seems to be tight with these guys. And that's generally a good thing when you come out on the right end of it. Uh, we starting to figure it out, I think. So looking back at the Florida game, uh, lost by five, high scoring affair, 85 to 80. Um, did anything really stand out to you in that game? Uh, our defensive struggles and foul shooting, lack thereof of good foul shooting. Uh, our, I think this team uh, struggles on the defensive end very badly. I think they get caught up in overhelping, and they leave that corner three shooter wide open. And they just need to get back. I think they need to. I mean, help help when you can, but we can't keep leaving that guy wide open in the corner because most college athletes are going to hit the wide open shot. Absolutely. 
and you you noticed it even I won't talk too much about the Iowa State game right now, but you even saw that same thing happening uh, in last night's game against Iowa State, and it comes down to it, you hit the nail on the head that you've got a guy driving to the basket and he's got a guy defending him, but we don't need three other players to crash crash in and leave shooters open on the wing and uh, it's proven to be detrimental to the team uh, uh, multiple times and uh, Bob Huggins I I love this quote from him he said it uh, I think he said it after a Florida game and after last night's game but you know defense is all about want to you gotta want to shut the guy that you're guarding down and we've got too many guys on here that it doesn't it doesn't tick them off. It doesn't make them angry when they get scored on. And I think that's the real issue that, you know, they're just, oh, our guy scored. Let's, let's get the ball and get down offense. You know, you got to – he used Joe Missoula as an example on, you know, Joe Missoula couldn't really do much more. He, you know, he wasn't a great dribbler. He uh, wasn't the biggest guy. But he would take pride in locking – whoever he was guarding down and you know eliminating their ability to score and that was his contribution contribution to the team on most nights uh was that um also it seems to be a common trend now that uh with mountaineer games they're games of runs and we'll take runs of where we don't miss and we'll jump out to a 15 point lead and then it'll come back and next thing you know right before halftime it's brought down the lead's gone and one common thing that I've seen is that a lot of this happens when uh, Deuce is off the floor so where do you think we can find some production whenever Deuce is either getting some rest or maybe in foul trouble towards the end of the game Uh, who can we look to to fill that fill that spot for him uh i believe it's got to be you know from three people in particular uh taz sean mcneil and Emmett matthews i mean when taz and mcneil get going they can they can shoot the lights out of the place matthews is just a good overall he's a good player i like it more when he's aggressive uh but another person is Jalen Bridges. His game is growing, and I, I honestly feel he has star potential. Maybe not this year, but next year and the year years coming, he's going to be a star in Morgantown. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you on that. Uh, even it might have been the Florida game. Uh, Fran Fraschilla was singing high praises to Jalen Bridges, uh, especially as a freshman. That's huge coming from a guy that knows so much about basketball. Uh, and I, I agree, too, with uh, Emmett Matthews. I I like the looks of him. I, I love the game that he can bring. And <clears throat> uh, Huggins was quoted last night as saying uh, he's almost back to full health, he thinks. Uh, he's got some weight to put back on from where he's been sick and out. But I think uh, last night we can kind of start to dive into the Iowa State game, but last night we kind of start to see a rise from Emmett Matthews to the the player we all think that he can be on a uh, night-to-night basis. Uh, absolutely bodied a dude on the dunk. Um, that was 
and he he's done that before too. Uh, someone uh, was quoted as talking about his length, just with uh, how long his arms are and how big of a wingspan he has, and that can be so beneficial uh, defensively and offensively with uh, getting to the basket. And aggressive in it is a thing that people should be afraid of. Um, if we can get Emmett back to full health and get him to be aggressive on a nightly basis and get that confidence where he knows that, hey, I can be that guy that if we need someone to step up or even if we don't, I can be the guy that's, you know, not second fiddle to deuce, but, you know, the guy that people can look to. Um, and then last night, I'm a fan of Jordan McCabe. I know he's had a rocky WVU career so far, but ever since the COVID issues in the middle of the season here, he has started the past three or four games and has been efficient in those minutes. Uh, do you see anything you like from McCabe as a starter compared to him coming off the bench or really just kind of give an assessment of your take on McCabe's season so far? Well, I'll start with uh, you were talking about Emmett Matthews. Uh, I saw flashes last night of Emmett's, what was it, final 15 games there of his freshman year where, you know, he had the massive dunk over the Texas Tech player in the tournament. I mean, the flashes are there. We need him to become more consistent. But as McKay, I like McCabe as a starter. I mean, I think he lets Deuce play off the ball. Uh, he can he can really really handle the ball. Makes good passes. Sometimes he makes dumb passes. But and the only thing with McCabe though is he's so small that he becomes a major defensive liability. Uh, when he has to guard a bigger player. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Um, he, I think the, the hardest thing with McCabe, too, is that he came into the program with such an, an expectation before he ever played his first minute as a Mountaineer. Um, you know, you can look back on YouTube videos, Sports Center clips of when he was just a kid, and then even looking at, you know, his high school tape out at, uh, I think it was Calcona High School in uh, Wisconsin, not sure on the pronunciation on that one. But if you look back at that, he was always viewed as a star. And I think coming into WVU that he might have put too much of that on, like, listen, I've got to I've got to be the do it all guy and stuff. And I think now as a starter, I think that he's starting to see that he is more valuable as a role player rather than the the bright shining star. And it, I think that as he adjusts to that more often, I think that he'll become more efficient. Oh, I agree. I agree 100%. Uh He's just, like, if you remember last year, he started every game or real close to every game. And yeah, pretty he, much. Uh, he played better last year than he did this year early. But like you said, he is starting to grow into a, 
contributor. Um, so looking at last night's game, it was a 76-72 win over Iowa State, much closer than anybody would have liked to see, and really than a lot closer than it needed to be. Mountaineers controlled most of the game, minus a, uh, a segment in the first half. We had a lapse, but then other than that, you know, we go into halftime with 11-point lead. Everything's looking good, and then. For the most part, the second half was controlled by the Mountaineers, kept a kept a nice solid lead. And then you come into the last, I'm going to say, nine minutes of the game. And it, same old story. You see the, the other team start reeling away at the lead. They start uh, making a comeback. And, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's the same old song, and it gets really old. But the one thing that I noticed is that in those critical moments, Culver was nowhere to be seen on the floor. And I don't know, I've got a feeling that maybe he's in the doghouse because he likes to he likes to get lazy late in games for for the ears and Huggins don't stand for that. So um, do you have any take? Kind of give what your take is on Derek Culver and maybe why he was not seen late in the game. I uh, I personally don't think Culver is in the doghouse due to defensive issues in late game. I really think um, the majority of it's probably due to the COVID pause. I mean, in Florida game, he played 35 minutes probably, and I think that was way too many minutes for him, but he was our only scoring option. But... I think it's just trying to get his legs back. I think he was just wore out, uh, and I don't think I don't. I mean, and going back to the Texas Tech game, he practically shut down the drive of Mac McClung. If Culver doesn't step up there defensively, McClung shoots a layup to win the game. Right. Um, yeah, I I agree, and I'm I was a skeptic coming into the season. Like I was not Culver's biggest fan when the season started. I think he has moments where he thinks he's bigger than the game. Uh, whether that's true or not, I don't I don't know. But as the season has progressed, I really like the player he's uh, shaping into. We knew he was good. We knew he could uh, fill that book, but he's definitely uh, definitely making his stock rise as the season goes on. And all right, guys, sorry about that. We had a little bit of a hiccup in the technical department, um, so we lost Josh, but. Um, we were pretty much done for the episode. We were going to talk a little football. Uh, all I've all I got to say really about football is that you know don't don't lose faith. We even with all the transfers, coaching changes, stuff like that. Uh, trust the climb, man. Neil Brown says it all the time. Trust the climb. So if we if we just buy in and trust what he's working on and know that he's got a game plan set up. So uh, just just hold the faith on the football team. 
the uh, Josh actually had a really, really awesome uh, point concerning the transfer portals, especially as of recent with the two offensive linemen transfers, was that, you know, Darnell Wright announced that he was going to continue his playing his continue his playing career at Tennessee but what if that's all smoke and mirrors what if he just finishes out this school year and then transfers in the summer it's not ideal for the Mountaineers but it would still land us another huge in-state lineman so you know just just stay uh stay trusting Neil Brown on this one he's got this thing headed in the right direction so Because of the technical issues, I'm going to try to talk to Josh, and hopefully we can get him back on for another episode. We can get him to talk some football. Uh, I want to thank Josh for coming on and talking some Mountaineer sports with us. Um, And as always, you know, the Bearded Ear podcast is part of College Sports Network and the Sideline Sports on Twitter. Um, If you're not already, go follow my Twitter account at sidelines underscore WVU. Follow all of the teams that you like, interest, want to talk smack to, go follow them. If you can't find a team that maybe you root for, get a hold of me and we can set you up with an account. That way you can represent that team on Twitter. Um, Be sure to, if you listen to the podcast, if you... If you like the podcast, if you want to leave a comment, a review, share to whoever you want to, let's get it out and let's get this thing as big as it can be. Uh, college sports is college sports network is taking over the game and we're headed for the top. So like always, thank you all for listening. Let's go Mountaineers.